Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. How many are ready for his word this morning? Amen. You know, the, the, we worship God in song, and I, I so love, <coughs> excuse me, um, the praise and worship through song. And, and worship is something, and we shared it during the worship service. Um, it's something that's not just about us being here. It's always about us giving worth and our adoration to the Father. But we do that in so many ways. And even now as the word's going forth, I, I just want to take a few minutes because as the word is going forth, it's not even about, it's certainly not about me. I, I always pray for God, just please let it make sense. Because even God's like, listen, this is a, this, God, when I'm using you, I, I, there's always that chance that it, you got to work hard, John. Yes, sir. That's why I ask my wife every week, did it just tell me it made sense or tell me if it didn't make sense? Okay? And nine times out of ten, I'm close. But here's what I know God can do. God can take one word and change your life. And, and this morning especially, you know, we've been in John for a while, and that's not a bad thing. Because I'm really, I'm really seeing God do some things in some people's lives. And certainly in the life of the church. If you'll turn to John 13, I'm going to begin there in just a moment. Today we're going to just, there's so much in this passage that I I know I'm going to probably be be back there next week, but I want to focus on service this this morning, how we serve. This is not a commercial for you to sign up for something. This is a lifestyle. It's not something that we we hope people sign up because we need the volunteers I was just talking about. No, it's a lifestyle. But what I've learned more than anything is it's not about what we're doing, it's what we're becoming. We're all known for something we do. but, But that's not who you are. Who you are is who you have become in Christ Jesus. I want to look at this. Let me just read this this morning. John chapter 13, I'm going to read several verses, but let's just read this together. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had finally already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, arose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered to him, what I am doing you do not understand right now. But afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, 
you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also to also wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, there's, there's three simple things that I want to try to cover this morning, and I, I already know that I might have a little bit of a, a challenge trying to get through all three of them like I want to. But they were here in the, the position of where this passage is taking place is literally the Passover before Jesus is to go to the cross. This is what we, what we know is possibly the Last Supper. They're preparing for the feast. And Jesus, the Bible says he knew the hour had come. You know, several passages throughout the Gospels Jesus would tell people, mine hour has not yet come. But in this passage, the Bible tells us he knew the hour had come. It was time. The Bible also tells us that he, he knew that he was getting ready to go back to the Father. The Father that sent him, now it was time for him to go back to the Father. And, and what I want to look at for just a moment here, this first point is simply this. <clears throat> in regards to service, he knew, and still he served. He knew, but still he served. I think about this for a moment. Jesus, the Son of God, who, if God is all-knowing, knows everything, he had to know what he was experiencing. I mean, the Scriptures tell us throughout the Word. He tells us in Luke chapter 11, but he knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste. A house divided against itself falls. Whoever Jesus was talking to, he knew what was in their heart. He knew what they were thinking. Wouldn't that drive you crazy? When you're talking to somebody and it seems like they just know what you're thinking, they know your next thought, which, by the way, Jesus still does. This is not about guilt. It's about reality. Jesus still knows our next thought. Luke chapter 16 he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. John chapter 2, because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now we could talk this morning all about deceitfulness of the heart and how we get sideways on things in a minute, but the reality is Jesus was willing to serve even though he knew what was in their heart. He was willing to continue to serve, even though the Bible tells us in John 18, then Jesus, knowing everything that was about to happen, 
He knew the pain he was going to face. He knew the suffering he was going to face. He knew the, the blasphemy he was going to experience. He knew the mocking. He knew the ridicule. He knew everything ha happening, and he knew everything he was going to experience. Well before that supper, but can you imagine? Now, let's just put you and I in that position for just a moment. I think sometimes, I'm, I'm pretty sure this has already been diagnosed somewhere, but we have selective servitus. I just made that one word up. I don't, I don't know if it's a word. We're willing to serve on our terms. We're willing to help someone, but what if you knew? What if you knew they were going to stab you in the back? What if you knew the same people that said, man, you're awesome, a week later are going to be the same people that said, kill him? What if you knew, you understand where I'm going? Because when he, when he knows everything, he knows, well, pastor, he, he was God. That's why he came. That's my point, too. Don't go there yet. I'm going to stay on point one for a second. He came to serve even though he already knew. He knew who would betray him. He's sitting at a table serving, knowing that one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, he, he already knew what was going to happen. Now, I've got a lot here that I could talk about in regards to was Jesus really afraid of going to the cross? Well, we know he prayed. Father, if it's all possible, let this cup pass from me, but it's not my will, let your will be done. Because we know that he came for that mission. That was his purpose. So in his flesh, I'm sure, I'm sure none of us want to experience pain. We would all like to opt out of that part of the process. But I also know that as the God man, he, he certainly was not going to opt out as God. I, I believe, and I heard preach several times, that God cannot put himself in a position to look and put up with sin. And Jesus know, knew that in order for him to really follow this through, there was going to be a point where he was separated from God. That's what he did not want to do. That's the pain he did not want to endure. 30 stri stripes on the back uh, with a cat of nine tails, nailing him to a cross. In his mind, what are you going to do, kill me? I'm going to be up in three days. It's being separated from God. Now, here's, here's my point. He knew that. He knew that. And when we read this passage, Although he knew that his time has come, he got up from the table. He still served. Now, I'm not going to put anybody in this scenario. I'll use myself as an example. Because when we selectively serve, here's what it looks like. <clears throat> well, you don't know what they did to me, so no. I'm not serving them. You know, or I served them twice, but three strikes are out. Now, you, you'll have to define what service means for anything. And here, some of us already opt out, well, you know, thank God we don't wash feet anymore. <laughs> this, this isn't about having an actual feet washing service, which by the way, that's not necessarily a bad idea. It'll humble you in a minute. 
but it's, it's are you willing to, to treat that person at work differently? Because you already know how they're going to act. You already know how your family's going to act. You already know what that person at work is going to do. You already know what they're saying. As a matter of fact, you spend more time, don't raise your hands on this, you spend more time driving in your car, having conversations about what you're going to tell somebody than you do praying. And instead of saying, Lord, thank you for reminding me of what you've done for me, it's like, Lord, give me the words, because when they open their mouth, I already know what I'm going to say. And here's, here's the thing. We all do it. Okay? So this isn't about beating us up. This is about, let's sit back and look at the disciples. Because Jesus, already, you already know what point three is. He's an example. But what does Jesus do when he already knows? He knows the hour has come. He knows what people have been doing. He knows what people have been saying. He knows he's going to suffer. He knows, but he still serves. He still serves. What's the second thing we see in this passage? Well, very quickly, not only does he still serve, secondly, he became what was necessary in order to serve. Now, now this is going to mess a few people up just because of the way I want to apply this passage today. Jesus laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Here's what I want you to get out of that. He prepared for service, and it meant he had to change some things to get ready. He had to take off his outer garment, lay it aside, and take on the form of a servant. He had to position himself in the form of a servant. Can I tell you what most of us are trying to do our whole lives? Is to position ourselves. But it is never lowering ourselves. It's about putting ourselves in a position where people are serving this is good, you're just not acting like it, where people are serving us rather than us serving them. Now, don't, don't get caught up on feet washing right now because it's easy to get lost in the, okay, I'll, I'll wash somebody's feet. Holy smokes, you just give me a foot and I'll get out of here. It, it's not about just washing feet. It's about serving people where they are. See, the whole the foot washing thing, that was very common in that culture. They wore sandals. We've talked about this before. They wore sandals. The tables that they ate at maybe, maybe were as high as this upper stage here. And they would recline at the table, uh, typically for cultural reasons, on their left shoulder. I, I don't know. I just Many commentaries state that. I haven't been there yet. When I get to heaven, we'll ask. But when you're reclining at a table, even if the whole body's clean, what you walk in on is not. So somebody's got to get prepared, and usually it was always the lowest positioned person in the house. Even among servants, if you had servants in your house, the servants would all look at each other and say, where's the rookie? Because this is not something that you wanted to do if you had position. 
Jesus, who was the greatest authority, Jesus, who was God in the room, becomes the lowest in the room. But he takes off his garment to get there. And here's what that says to me. <clears throat> um, this, this won't mean anything to anybody, and I, I'm embarrassing myself. That's the whole point. Because on campus, Dr. Bucci is Dr. Bucci. He's over an entire program at Regent University. And his wife at the hospital, Dr. Bucci, is Dr. Bucci. They're both Dr. Bucci, by the way. So when she's at the hospital, and, I'm, and please forgive me, Debbie, because I know I'm embarrassing her right now. She does not like attention, so I apologize up front. Please forgive me, because if I ever have to go to the hospital, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> he does, no service for one year. I don't know. Now, <clears throat> the point is, when they're here at church, have they ever demanded that you call them doctor? Not one time. Until I just said it, you probably didn't even know. Why? Because they're true servants. They, when, they, when they come into the house of God, now on campus or at the hospital, it only makes sense. They, they wear that clothing. They wear that garment because that's who they are there. But, but when they're here or when you're here, see, I, know, I also know people, they want to put on as many garments as they can so everywhere they go. Now, that would be just as silly. My grand children were here this last week and left yesterday, that would be just as silly as if my granddaughter ran up to me and said, hi, Poppy, and I said, that's Dr. McLeod to you, sweetheart. <laughs> they would look at me like, Poppy's lost his mind. He's lost his mind. Why? Because like a lot of people we know, we keep trying to dress ourselves up. And instead of taking off, we keep putting on. And we're just living that expression. Well, he's just putting on. And we're trying to be something that we might even be, but you can be the right thing in the wrong place and nobody will care. We all heard the old saying, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That, that's why just knowing about Jesus and not working at becoming like Jesus is vital. You can know all about him, but it's becoming that's vital. So I don't care whether it's education. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. It's about who are we becoming. Because he became what was necessary to serve. Listen to what the scripture says. Several passages. He tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For our sakes he made himself to be sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I mean, you want to you get, you get somebody's attention? The next, somebody, the next time somebody says, who are you? The righteousness of God. Um, is that your first name? Or, well, can you explain that? Sure. Jesus Christ became, he, he was in heaven, but he became. That's why John, the first, the first thing John talks about 
when the book of John starts, is in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without Him nothing was made. And the Word in verse 14 says what? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? Because until the Word became flesh, there could be no Christ. The remission of sin was impossible. He became what was necessary to serve. Am I making sense? So he, he knew what was going to happen and still served. He became what was necessary. And listen, I'm, I'm not trying to make application out of this that doesn't make sense to you. But think about it in these terms. When's the last time you've had to roll up your sleeves because you knew it was going to get dirty? Changing a tire? When's the last time you knew that if you stepped out and helped somebody? Now, everybody knows, most people here know, my wife jokes about it all the time. I'm, I can sweat in a freezer. Okay? I don't know if it's a health issue. Nobody's ever talked about it. In front of me, anyway, behind my back, I think a lot. So when it can be freezing cold, and I'm like, can somebody please turn on the AC? Because I break a sweat. And here's, here's the thing. If I see somebody with a flat tire or a car broke down, I just start breaking out in a sweat. Because I'm going to sweat one of two ways. Driving down the road and the Holy Spirit says, you're not going to stop? Come on, Lord. I'm already late. I'm already sweaty. I don't want to get... Because I'm telling you, whenever I stop and help somebody, by the time I'm finished changing a tire, they're looking at me like, do you need any help or anything? Because, or... I mean, I'm soaking wet. I'm drenched. And they're, they're trying to figure out how to help me get back to my car. I'm fine. I'm just soaking wet. My, my point is it's going to cost you something. It, it, it's important that you're willing to understand that even though, listen, I know we've got family members, prepare yourself to serve. Don't, don't walk in wearing the garments that you think are going to help you win. Prepare yourself to serve. Whether it's working with family, whether it's working with friends, I hope I'm making sense. Because we all have the ability to have our own agendas. We talk about this all the time. And when I have my own agenda, I want to be served. We were in a restaurant last night. And quite frankly, the, the service was terrible. And I was sitting there. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to complain. But I'm not coming back here. But even then, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, but well, don't forget what you're preaching about in the morning. So even though you're expecting bad service, what if I want you to go there? Now, please, I'm not trying to make this weird. That God has to tell us what restaurant to go to. No, go to the restaurants you enjoy, by the way. But I was sitting there judging their service when what I was really doing is understanding that God is saying, listen, how's your service? How are you treating other people? Are you sitting there knowing that people are going to maybe look at you this week and say, hmm, and I don't mean this service. Because the Lord's healed me of this. What I found myself still need a lot of work on is a lot of personal relationships outside the church about what people think. 
And, and I want to make sure sometimes that those people think rightly or think highly. And God is saying, you, you can't care about that. It's what do I think? What does God think about what you're doing? What does God think about? How, how is he feeling about how you're doing things? They, they may be treating you terrible at work, but are you still serving? Or you ha have you decided to somehow prove a point? And I know I'm meddling now, so I'll hurry up and quit. Because I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you where you are. So it, it's not about, am I getting good service? It's, I, am I really becoming what God wants to be in my life? Am I becoming like him? This, the scripture tells us we're becoming his children. Imitate Christ. Imitate him. He tells us, he goes on, and we know what happens with Peter. Jesus gets to Peter, and sometimes Peter gets the brunt of criticism here, but here's what's really happening. Peter is doing what's very normal in this culture, and to him, Jesus, the greatest in the room, should not have to be the lowest in the room. So Jesus, please don't wash my feet. I'll wash your feet. Please don't wash my feet. What does Jesus mean by, if I don't wash your feet, you have none of me. In a powerful way, Jesus was showing them the cleansing that would be taking place. And that if, if you don't allow Jesus to do the cleansing in your life, there really is no cleansing. If you don't allow and embrace what Jesus is doing in your life, you'll never get clean enough anyway. You'll never be clean enough. And I, I, can't, I can't tell you enough how I see this in so many ways, not just throughout our culture. That's too overarching. But in our personal lives, we have a tendency to fall back consistently on what we're able to do to keep us clean. On what we're able to do to make us right before God. And I can't overemphasize enough, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to make you right with God. It's, it's Jesus Christ. He is our righteousness. Now, if he is my righteousness, and he makes me right, and he's my example, guess who I want to look like on a regular basis? I'm created in his image. He tells us that. We're created in his image. He tells us that. You will reflect the closest thing you stay to. And I, I almost brought this up in our worship a few weeks ago when we spoke about worship. But when we worship something, you have to follow it. And when you reflect it, he gets the glory. So maybe another word of talking about service is, are we preparing ourselves? Are we becoming what we worship? Are we becoming more like Christ? Are we reflecting his image? Now, again, that's not for conviction. Am I becoming more like Christ or whatever else I'm chasing? Because I will serve not because everybody's doing things I like, so I'm willing to serve now. I might even know what's coming. I may, I may even know what the agenda is, but I'm going to serve anyway. Why? Because I'm constantly preparing myself by becoming um, I know we all have our, how many have to-do list every day? You just got your to-do list together. And that's okay, you can raise your hands on this one. It's not a trick question. All right? 
So we have our to-do list. Why? Because we want to get stuff done. There's a lot of stuff we don't want to forget. Because if you're like me, if I don't make my to-do list, it's like 11 o'clock, and I'm like, I know there was some. Okay, what was it I was supposed to do today? So I make my list, and I start going down my list. But you know what? Checking off your list is not service. It's just making sure you don't forget stuff. You know, sometimes if our service is only checking off a list, you're not becoming a servant. You're just doing service. So I'm trying to drive that becoming home a little bit. I I don't want to just do service. I don't want to do church. I don't want to do Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be what he's called us to be. Now, now why is that important? Well, because Peter had to decide, all right, Lord, I will do what, wash all of me. Jesus finishes. He puts his garment back on. And then he sits down and he asks this question. Okay, what just happened? I know Jesus asked us that a lot, I hope. What just happened? Because he gives us an example in order for us to become, in order for us to serve, in order for us, in spite of ourselves and in spite of what we know is coming, he gives us an example. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garment and resumed his place. Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You call me Jesus. You call me Savior. You call me um, your, your Redeemer. You call yourselves Christian, but do you really understand? You call me all these things, and I am those things. But if I am your Lord and teacher, and I've washed your feet, you also should wash each other's feet. This isn't just about feet washing. If you've watched me serve you in spite of the fact that I know what's going on, I expect you to serve in spite of the fact of what's going on. If you've seen me become something that is so out of the ordinary because I'm willing to go to the lowest point in the room to serve even though I sit in the highest chair, even though in reality, and I know the disciples didn't understand this now, but we do, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and the king of all creation lowered himself enough to wash feet. What are you becoming, John? Because it's easy to want to be king, but it'll have to be of your creation. Because He's already the king. It's easy to want to be the boss. <clears throat> Anybody, true confessions, you ready? Um, how many have just desired a position and got there and realized, well, <laughs> this isn't what I thought? Right? I want to be the owner of the company. And where you are now is I just can't wait to sell this company. I want to be the boss until you realize you have to have people. You know, it's, it's almost like we have this desire because we think that that's what makes us who we are. 
But can I tell you that what Jesus is simply saying is, listen, I want you to serve even though you know that you may not reach a high position. You may not, but if you want to be the greatest, be a servant. Because believe me, I, without embarrassing anyone else this morning, I, again, I, I do want to publicly apologize to Debbie. Not to, to Joe, but to Debbie. <clears throat> but you know what? Um, there's a lot of people in this room that if they weren't doing what they're doing, none of this would be happening. And you'll never know their name. Not that they shouldn't be appreciated, but it's like the body of Christ. You know, you, you see the outward parts. You see the parts that are visible. But, you know, your heart that you don't see, if it were to stop beating, it would become the most important part of your body. Because suddenly you realize that without something you cannot see, you don't function very well. And all, all Jesus is trying to say to us is, listen, what, here's something else I, I need you to learn in this. You become something, and even though nobody knows your name, you're making things run. You're the heartbeat. You may never get the fame. You may, may never get the glory. It's not what it's cracked up to be anyway. You, nobody ever may, may even know your name. But without you, everything shuts down. Does that make sense? And then he simply says this, and here's how I want us to close. If you saw me do it, go do it. And he says this, you'll be blessed when you do it. You'll be blessed when you do it. Before we pray, very simple dismissal today. I just wonder what it would look like if God just even puts someone or a situation on your heart right now that it's, maybe you've already had plans on how to deal with something. But God is changing some perspective. Here's what I can promise you, that whatever God is dealing with you about, he's dealing with somebody else about it too. So that person that, that he wants you to go to this week, and, and if, if what service looks like is messing some of you up, we can talk more about it later. Because the reality is sometimes service is you just, you're just being nice to someone instead of giving them what they may deserve. You're just reaching out to someone because you know God just wants you to be a servant, not a hero. In your eyes, you'd be a hero. I hope I'm making sense. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, it is you who has begun a work in us, and it is you who will complete this work in us. Lord, sometimes we feel as if we are totally involved in making all that work happen, but if I read your word correctly, what you ask us to do is offer ourselves to you. Your word tells us in Romans 13, give ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and faithful work. Lord, I pray today that you allow us the opportunity to serve. 
wherever it may be. Lord, I, I pray that we realize that it begins at home. It will begin with our spouse. It will begin with our children. It will begin as the family begins to serve each other. It will begin as we begin to serve the neighborhoods around us. It, it, will, it will shine so brightly when this becomes so contagious that people are literally being served everywhere. Lord, speak to us. Show that what that looks like in our lives. In your precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. You can remain seated, but it'll be hard to get out the door. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.